Shall we pray, Lord? We thank you for this great opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray that you will bless the proclamation as well as the, he as well as the hearing of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to turn with me to Acts chapter 3. I'm going to be reading verse 1 through verse 10, New King James Version. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I want to preach today with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I solicit your prayers from the subject, Lessons from a Lame Man Leaping. Lessons from a Lame Man Leaping. Acts chapter 3 begins with Peter and John going to the temple together at 3 o'clock in the afternoon for prayer. While en route, they encountered a man who had been crippled from birth. This man, known only as a certain man in the text, was lying at the temple gate called Beautiful. Every day, this man was at the gate where he asked those heading to the temple for arms or to give him money. Now, to better understand this man's plight, it is helpful to know that he was unable to work in order to feed, clothe, and provide for himself. There was no social service, there were no social service programs to help him. His thinking would have been that the temple, the place of prayer, the place where God's people met, the place where those who were taught and told to help the poor and needed was the best place for him to receive coins in his cup. But on this day, when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked them for money. The dynamic duo of Peter and John are often found together in Scripture. In Luke 5, verse 10, it tells us that they were partners together in the fishing business. Luke 22 and 8 tells us they prepared the Passover for Jesus. John 23 and 4 informs us that they ran to the tomb together on the first Easter Sunday morning. In Acts 8, 14, it was Peter and John who ministered to the Samaritans who believed on Jesus. Now here they are about to enter the temple, this, this duo of and Peter and John, they're about to enter the temple for prayer when this lame beggar asked them for arms. 
Both John and Peter looked directly at the man. But as usual, it was Peter who spoke up, first saying, look at us, he says to the man. Look at us. The man asked them for money. He says to the man, look at us. Now, beggars did not usually establish and maintain eye contact with those whom they sought, from whom they sought gifts. Beggars were typically humbled by their condition, ashamed of their circumstances, and embarrassed because of their state of affairs. Yet Peter said to the man, look at us. The words look at us communicated to the man from Peter and John the idea that, sir, we see you as a person with value. We see you as a person with worth. We see you as a human being with significance. Look at us means we see you as more than a number or a statistic or a victim of circumstances. Look at us means that although we have our own agenda, we'll make time to stop. Look at us means that we'll make time to stop and listen to you. The words look at us establish the platform for Peter and John uh, to be able to effectively share the gospel of Jesus Christ with this lame man. Look at us suggest that we have something far greater, of greater value to offer than simply tossing a few cups in your coins in your cup. So he gave them, this beggar gave them his undivided attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, these words, which must have been shocking to the man, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. When Peter says in the name of Jesus Christ, he's saying in the power, in the authority of the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior, the Savior of the world, Messiah, the resurrected Lord, rise up and walk. And after Peter said this, the Bible says he took the man by his right hand and he lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Verse 8 states, so he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. So it was when all the people saw the former lame man, the former used to be beggar, now transformed into a picture of health, both spiritually and physically, when they saw this man walking and praising God, leaping and praising God, they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So from this amazing story, we see several things that warrant a deeper look. First, we see in this story a hopeless condition, a hopeless condition. The truth of the matter is the lame man was hopeless. He had resolved in his mind that all he would ever be was a beggar. Not only that, but people who lived, worked, and worshipped around him had resolved in their minds 
that all this man would ever be was a beggar. In fact, I submit to you that he as well as those around him had become comfortable and had become complacent with his plight, his place, and his position at the gate called beautiful, being a beggar. Such is life today for many people. They have resolved themselves and have within themselves and have even allowed others to cap their potential, place a ceiling on their future, and determine what they can or cannot do. Some are alcoholics, some are drug users and drug dealers, some live together without the benefit of marriage, some live perverted sexual lifestyles, some lie and steal and cheat and hate, some sit around, lay around, play around as life passes them by and like the man at the gate, they have accepted their reality as normal. And all they expect to get is what they've always gotten from life. But look at the man's reality in verse 3. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked him for alms. What he expected to receive from Peter and John was a corn or two or maybe even three. Now, had Peter and John given the man what he wanted, his condition would have remained the same, which was hopeless. For you see, it's true that money can buy bread, but money can't buy the bread of life. Money can buy drink, but money can't buy the living water. Money can satisfy the desire to have stuff, but money can't buy spiritual satisfaction for lost and lonely souls. The man in the text knows the drill all too well. He gets a cup full of coins today, but tonight he's still lonely, heartbroken, and tomorrow he'll start his hopeless routine all over again. By now, he come, he's come to accept his situation as hopeless. Second, we see a helpful confession. Notice verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Imagine how the beggar must have felt after hearing Peter's words. Surely he would have been disappointed. After all, Peter and John obviously looked like great candidates for a healthy offering. But in addition to his disappointment, the man likely would have been felt resentment towards Peter, commanding him in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to rise up and walk. After all, the story circulating around Jerusalem was that Jesus had been crucified, dead and buried, and his followers had stolen his body in order to fake his resurrection. And in fact, in the sight of a man lying on the ground, weak and frail from the lack of physical movement, and you can understand why Peter's words would have been like a punch in the stomach for this beggar. Yet the punch in the stomach was just a precursor to the power in store for the man. For you see, Peter's confession was helpful 
because it grabbed the man's attention and guided him to look beyond what humans could do for him and to focus upon what God could do for him. Peter's confession was helpful because in it the man saw his need to be uh, beyond silver and he needed a savior. He needed to look past money and look towards the master. He needed to look past gold and look to God. Peter's confession helped the main beggar see that he needed the power and authority of Jesus operating in his life, through his life, and around his life. You see, in a capitalistic society which we live, it's common for people to get lured into believing the lie straight from the pits of hell that money is our greatest need. While money has a function, money is not the greatest need of humanity. The greatest need of men and women, boys and girls, is having a real personal and practical relationship with Jesus Christ of Nazareth who suffered and bled and died to save us from sin. For you see, money and stuff and positions and titles cannot and will not save anybody. Third, we see a happy conclusion, a happy conclusion. Notice verses 7 and 8. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. This was not a gradual cure. It was immediate. It was direct on the spot. This man was no longer chained to charity. He was free, trying out his newly strengthened feet and ankles, leaping, standing, and walking. Now he could hop, skip, jump, and go wherever he wanted. So where did he go? The text tells us he went with Peter and John to the temple, walking, and leaping, and praising God. For you see, the man is happy. He's jubilant. He's rejoicing in what the Lord has done for him. And don't miss this. Although he is grateful and thankful for the kindness shown to him by Peter and John, his praise is directed to God. He was fully aware of the reality that God used Peter and John in the process. But his healing came by way of the power and authority of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So the man is happy for now because he has a genuine relationship with Jesus. So here's reality. True joy, lasting joy, unspeakable joy, unshakable joy, unending joy is found in Jesus Christ alone. Fourth, we see a health congregation. Look at verses 9 and 10. Then they knew it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You see, the temple congregation knew what this man's past life was like. 
They knew he had never walked. They knew he had never worked. They knew his only source of income had been by the hands of those who dropped coins in his cup as he laid by the temple gate called beautiful. They knew that the priests, the rabbis, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes had passed this man by many, many times, but never brought him inside the temple for prayer. They knew all the religious feasts, the festivals, and functions, the celebrations that had excluded this man and everyone like him. They knew that this lame beggar had been stepped on, stepped over, stepped around all of his life by arrogant, egotistical, self-avowed religious elites who were powerless to change this man's condition. So now when the people saw him enter the temple and they saw the brother walking and they saw the brother leaping and they, and they heard the brother and saw the brother praising God, they were filled with awe and amazement at what had happened to him. So it was the people were helped by the lame man's leaping because they learned at least four valuable lessons. The same lessons they learned would help us if we learn them and if we apply them to our lives. So here they are. First, the congregation was helped by the lame man's leaping because they learned that faith in Jesus produces supernatural results. Mind you, not faith in Peter, not faith in, in John, not faith in, 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 in the rabbis and the priests, but faith in Jesus produces supernatural results. Here's the truth. Here's where the rubber meets the road. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ of Nazareth and not in people, and when we place our faith in Jesus and not in stuff, God will do supernatural things in us, through us, and for us. Second, the congregation was helped by the lame man leaving because they learned that regardless of how long a person has been down or how low down they have been, Jesus can pick them up. Here's the shout. No human being can outsend the grace of God. Look around the world. Look around your community. Look in your family. Look around your neighborhood and be reminded by the lesson of this lame man that no one can out sin or no one is out off limits or out can out sin the grace of God. And as the song goes, if Jesus has to reach way down, if he has to reach way down, Jesus can pick you up. Some of us can testify to the fact that Jesus really did have to reach way down to get us. And the lame man reminds us because Jesus had to reach way down to, to pick him up, but he did. Third, the congregation was helped by the lame man leaving because they learned that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. It's amazing. But Peter and John were not high-powered, rabbinical theologians. They were not a part of the elite line of, of Pharisees and Sadducees 
and, and, and scribes. No, they were fishermen by, by trade who God used to do extraordinary things because when God answered, called, they, they answered and they followed him. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Listen, it's not about your ability. It's not about, it's not about your ability as much as it is about your availability. If you are willing to be clay in the potter's hands, God can and will use you for his glory and honor to do marvelous things, miraculous things, magnificent things. Fourth, the congregation was helped by the lame man leaping because they learned that when God transformed a life, it's time to show and tell. You see, when the lame man got blessed, he didn't keep it to himself. When, when the lame man got blessed, he didn't go into seclusion. When the, the lame man got blessed, he went to the temple, and he went to the temple praising God and leaping and jumping and shouting and telling everybody what the Lord had done for him. Not only did he tell them, they saw it for themselves. So here's a shout. God has saved you. God has blessed you. God has brought you. When God has helped you, when God has healed you, when God has delivered you, when God has opened doors that have been closed in your face, and when God has closed doors you had no business walking through, when God has made a way out of no way, when God has told you you can, when others said that you can't, when God brought you out when the odds were stacked against you, when, when God has provided for you and taken care of you, when God has showed up in your life and when God has done marvelous things, it's time for you to show and it's time for you to tell. It's time for you and me to show everybody and tell everybody what the Lord has. Father, we thank you today for the lessons from this lame man leaping. May we take the lessons seriously, apply them to our lives, that you be glorified and your people blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're extending you an invitation to do just that. I'm going to lead you in prayer. You can follow me in prayer. I pray and just pray your own heart. Father, I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I repent of my sins, confess my sins, and today I'm inviting Jesus Christ into my life to be my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're real about that, that prayer, we invite you to welcome you to the family of God. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and grant you his peace. In Jesus' name.